It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hello and welcome to Rich is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast for your wallet. Today, I'm joined by Tom Zagainer. He is CEO and founder of America's Best 401k. This company manages 401ks for small business operators, and that's not an easy thing. He has solved a problem that I want you to focus on with your 401k, and that is fees. Let's face it, if you've been watching the markets at the end of the year this year, December was brutal. All three major averages, the Dow, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, were down more than 8%, and you're probably super worried about what's happening with your 401k right now. My guest, Tom, says, well, you may be focused on the wrong problem. Tom, welcome. Great to have you here. Tell us about how much does a bear market really affect people's 401ks? Well, Jerry, and it's great to be here with you with you this morning. And we have markets. We have turbulent ones. We have calm ones, good ones, bad ones, and different ones, choppy ones. When it comes to our retirement, really, it's, it's longevity that really comes into play. Uh, and speaking to a, your broad audience, you know, you ha- obviously there are folks who are much nearer to retirement, where a bear market is going to be extremely concerning as the assets they have accumulated over time are getting beat up a little bit. But for most Americans, they may not need those retirement dollars for 15, 20, 25 years. So we all know the market bounces back. And even though December, for example, was brutal, if we look at things from the, the day after New Year's Eve, when it was a really bad day, to last Friday, I believe the Dow is up a little over 9% and the S&P nearly 10%. Well, we did have a turnaround and uh, this year, 2019, certainly looking better than last year. I want to get mm-hmm. to later stage retirement planning in a second. But first, mm-hmm. I want to focus on those two things. I want to focus on the importance of uh, investing for the long run and how you do that and how you ignore the noise of market uh, crashes and falls and 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 otherwise uh, noisome events and then what the impact of fees are on people's plans. Sure. I think the noise around us and all the aspects of our life can be disconcerting at times. So we would suggest that don't worry about opening up your 401k statement from a December 31st date. It'll probably be a little rough on you. Um, Just kind of let them go forward and worry about payroll period to payroll period, continuing to sock away money out of your pay, Ideally, this is a perfect time of year to get your, give yourself a checkup in that, are you investing enough? Many 401k participants from the time they first joined the plan have never increased their deferral amounts, the amounts they're contributing each pay period. Bad this idea. Is a good, all right. This is a good time to give yourself a one, two, three, four percent boost, boost to keep up with inflation because ideally between our own contributions and our employers, we ought to be north of 10%, maybe closer to 15%. Which wow, could sound that's like a big a chunk of change. You know, it I, is a big chunk of change. I, yeah. I just remember that one lesson from business school, which was the time value of money 
If they would yeah. just teach that, it's not a hard idea. If they would just teach that in high school or middle school, the idea that the longer you have to save, the more you're going to earn over time, that the uh, you know increases you receive from the markets, uh, the longer you have that money sitting and investing and working, uh, really beneficial to you. Even if you can save just a little bit when you're young, it makes so much of a difference. Well, Jerry, it's been proven. It's and the mathematical evidence is out there that a person who starts earlier over the course of their work career, it could have a dramatic difference on the dollars they accumulate over time. For example, one saver who starts putting away money at age 25 and only saves for 10 years to age 35, will, all things being equal with a similar market return, will have more dollars accumulated after 40 years than another person who saved from age 35 to 65. So we always try to encourage, especially the younger folks out there, the benefit of starting early. And I know you have your day-to-day obligations and your current things you have a debt load on and student education and housing, whatever, and you want to have some fun. But we have to think about our older self as well. That's, we those numbers look- are amazing. Those numbers are mind-blowing that you could start at 25, save for 10 years, and do better than somebody who starts at 35 and saves for a long time. Just by a quick 10-year window. So the moral of that story is starting early makes the difference. It's not about putting aside 50% of your your earnings. It's not about that at all. It's about starting early. But the other thing I know that so many people are concerned about, and January, hey, it's a good time to do it. New year, new you. It's time to look at the fees you pay for your 401k. What should we look for, and how do we know if we're paying too much? The first point is to actually look for them. It's stunning that nearly 70% of participants in 401k plans believe they pay no investment-related fees, which kind of goes back to your comment earlier. We're just not taught these things in school about finance to even understand that a mutual fund, for example, has an expense ratio. It's estimated that close to 40% of business owners who choose the providers, their 401k providers, that will affect themselves and their employees, they don't know the fees in their plan. So the first thing to do this January is, in fact, go out to your provider's website and get a copy of the fee disclosure. It is required to be there on your participant What's it, website. How do, how, where is that? If you log in as a participant, so the technical terms, there's two versions. The employer version is called a 408B2. And then for participants, it's called a 404A5, technical words for fee disclosures. They should be housed on your participant website, the place you manage your 401k plan. If you can't find it, call the provider or walk into your employer's office and say, how do I get a copy of my fee disclosure? The problem with these documents, they're very obtuse. You know, In our business, we get 600 to 800 sent to us every single month from folks who say, can you please decipher this for me? 25 to 55 pages long, and you really have to become an archaeologist to discern the fees. Mm-hmm. But, right. we, but we try to do that because no one knows really on top of the expense ratios of the investments they have in the plan, what fees are being added on top. Well, and I want to talk to about that for a second. But but first, I just want to mention, you may think, ah, oh, Jerry, you know, I'm in index funds. I've got an S&P 500 index fund. I, you know, that's cheap. It may not be, right? The problem is that it all comes down to a singular word, compensation, and the compensation to the providers of the 401k plan. So, for example, we'll see many plans where the base fundamental fund core fund list 
It may be very low cost with expense ratios under 0.20%, but the providers can't get compensated on index funds. They don't have embedded commissions and revenue sharing attached to them. So what happens? You see fees like emerging growth company, asset management fee, contract asset charge, program charge, to where the first column, your expense ratios might be 0.20, but then Jerry, you look over three columns over, ends up to be 1.7. How did that happen? All right, just tell, me, on. tell me how much is too much. Anything over 1% are needless and excessive investment-related fees in today's world. The problem uh, with many small businesses. I'm sorry, Tom, we had to drop out again. I don't know why. Can you start that answer again? How much is too much? We would suggest that over 1% in total investment-related fees is too much. We see many plans on average, the investment-related fees we see in most small business 401k plans are 1.4 to 1.8%. Mm. That's extraordinarily excessive and needless. The problem is that the business owners have been told in many cases that they don't qualify for lower cost funds. They're too small. The assets are not significant Is that enough. true? It's completely false. It's what we buy. It's what we believe to be the truth where in fact, a company with six employees that never had a 401k plan before could have the same low-cost investment-related fees of any Fortune 100 company as big as they might be. We can't believe what people tell us because it's just not true. You know, I think a lot of CEOs of small cap companies would be surprised to hear that, and that is certainly good news. I think what happens is that these fellows and women are just so busy running their businesses, they don't have time to really engage with this issue and to figure out what's right and what's not right. I want to get back to uh, something we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, and that's later stage retirement planning. I was mentioning, and you said this as well, that, you know, look, if you're investing for the long term, let's say you're 25, 35, even 45, you don't have to worry about what happened to the market in December. But if you're older, if you're five years out from retirement, you've got to start thinking about the impacts of these market sell-offs. What's your advice to people who are in this category and concerned about their 401k? The biggest problem is that we are essentially, as 401k participants, close to 80 million, it's estimated, are participating in plans. Most participants are on their own, meaning they don't have a fiduciary advisor attached to the plan that can give them sound advice. So we kind of look and read on the internet and listen to podcasts and watch videos and what have you to try to develop an investing acumen, but it just might not be enough. So the first thing we would suggest is that make sure that your employer is providing the proper resources from an educational advice component that could help you start to modify your portfolio as you start to get older. Because most certainly, you may be a person that is your one or two years from retirement, maybe you don't want to actively be in the market. Many 401k plans are now using what are called stable value funds that may have a two to two and a half percent return. It's at least maintaining your principal while you're still in the market. You're maintaining your principal. You're not going to lose anything. And it's good to have a 401k plan that might have an option like that for those that are concerned with either the vagaries of the market day to day or as you start to get older, because we have to retain our principal. Those are the dollars we're going to need to sustain ourselves maybe 20, 25 years after we retire. You just have to be on it, right? And uh, I I can just hear my millennial friends saying, oh, that's what I want to do. 2% is good. Not for you. No, no, no. No, You've got to expose yourself to the riskiness of the market. Uh, 
before you enter that period of being really conservative as you, as you come into or close to retirement, right? Well, we have to know ourselves. You made a very key point there. If I'm 25 or I'm 42 or I'm 57, I'm three different types of investors. The problem, though, is most investors don't know the difference between conservative, aggressive, and moderate or somewhere in between. And there's a way to balance your portfolio that starts to modify or mitigate its risk as you get older. But you have to at least be interested in your money to understand if the outcome you're heading on, you're heading towards is a place you even remotely want to end up. So I think the key point is we have to be a little bit more interested in understanding our money to be able to have that portfolio that's going to be sound for where we are in life at that time. Great advice, Tom. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks for your help today. I know a lot of people, I hope they take it to heart. Thanks again. Take a listen to the podcast and follow me on Twitter at Jerry Willis FBN and on Facebook where my handle is Jerry Willis. You can also find me on Instagram at Jerry underscore Willis. Bottom line, I want to hear from you. What money issues do you want to explore? Tell me and we'll get it on the podcast. Have a great day. And remember, rich is not a four-letter word.
Take a listen to the podcast and follow me on Twitter at Jerry Willis FBN and on Facebook where my handle is Jerry Willis. You can also find me on Instagram at Jerry underscore Willis. Bottom line, I want to hear from you. What money issues do you want to explore? Tell me and we'll get it on the podcast. Have a great day and remember, rich is not a four-letter word. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.